Would you pray with me? Father, once again, we are so grateful for this gospel message. So grateful for your love to us. Would you help us now as we open up your word to hear from you? Would you fill us with the Holy Spirit? Help us to learn and apply what you want. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a unique opportunity this week to invite people to our church to hear a message about the cross of Jesus Christ. This Thursday, as I've mentioned before, we're hosting this event. It's called My Hope America with Billy Graham. And specifically, the the DVD that we'll be showing is called The Cross. Um, Again, I I think I said this before, but it's, it's what could potentially be Billy Graham's last message. Now, I call it unique because... Even some of us who have been inviting people, I've been talking, uh, Bonnie and Rich have been inviting a bunch of people, and there's this often response, people respond by saying, oh, Billy Graham, yeah. You know, there's this respect for Billy Graham out there. And it's kind of surprising to me because his life has been so clearly devoted to the gospel message of Jesus Christ, yet he is so well respected by people. And the fact that this could be his last message, I think that there is a real opportunity here for us to, to invite people to this event. Now, in preparation for that event, I want to preach a sermon on something that we see in Scripture about how somebody came to know Jesus and then invited the people around him to meet Jesus. It's the story of Levi from Luke 5. And, and Levi, which probably, by the way, is probably just another name for the disciple Matthew. You can read the same story in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, and he's called Matthew there. He's called Levi here. It could very well just be a double name. But uh, we see this story of how Levi comes to follow Jesus, and right after that, he turns to those around him and invites them to meet Jesus. I want to read for you the story. Luke 5, verses 27 to 32. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I want to point out three key elements from this story. And then after I pointed out those three key elements, I want to end with some application for us. So my first key element today is that Jesus said, follow me. Jesus said, follow me. Here's Levi minding his own business, sitting at his tax collector booth. And Jesus came up to him and simply said, follow me. In two simple words, Jesus asked Levi to give up his old way of life and to begin on a new course of life. I think that those words, follow me, are two of the most important words we see in the New Testament. Twenty-three times we see these words on the lips of Jesus. And and it's Jesus' way of of getting at our greatest human need. Now, we humans, we're very needy people. We have lots of needs. Every, Every one of us in this room, we have needs. We have things in our lives that perhaps we wish would go differently. But the greatest need that any single one of us has is the need to know God. And Jesus, in two simple words, got at that by by saying to Levi, as he said to many others, follow me. 
See, when Jesus asked Levi to follow him, he was asking Levi to surrender complete control of his life to him. The call to follow Jesus is the call to follow a new king, a new Lord, that that we were never created to be the king of our own lives or the queen of our own lives. We were never created to assume control in that sense and to, to pick our own direction in life. We're supposed to follow God. The great battle for our souls is over who is in control, us or God. And in two simple words, Jesus got at the heart of the issue. Levi had to make a choice, a choice here. Stay, go with the life that he had always had, the life that he knew, the life that had probably become comfortable to him, or follow. Now we need to make a choice too. Now it's different for us. It, it, it doesn't happen this exact way for each of us. It happens within the course of our life. But what's the same here is that we need to come to this point of decision as well. Who's in control, us or God? That's one of the the great implications of the gospel message. It's not just a message of, hey, you get to go to heaven when you die. It's also this message of there is a new Lord, a new king, and we must follow him. So Levi made the right choice here. And I just want to ask you real simply, have you made that choice? that choice to follow Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, to give your life to Him and to walk with Him. The second key element in this passage is Levi's response. Now we've already looked at the response that Levi made to give his life to Jesus, to follow Him. That's obviously part of his response. But it's the next response that I want to point out here is the next key element. And it's in verse 29. I'll read it again. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Levi came to understand that this call to follow Jesus wasn't just for him. That that call was to be given to those around him as well. And here's the idea. If we have received grace and mercy and salvation from God, shouldn't we let others know about that offer for them? Don't we have an obligation to tell those around us? I think Levi picked up on that. It looks like he picked up on it pretty soon after following Jesus. The theologian Daryl Bach says, Levi takes his call seriously, his call to follow Jesus, and opens up his home to his friends to introduce them to Jesus. So here's one of the things I love about this passage. Levi starts to follow Jesus, and what's the next thing he does? He opens up his home to have a banquet. And a banquet for who? For him, for Jesus. Levi gave his life to Jesus and as part of his new life in Christ he looked around him to the people that he knew and loved and said they should come to meet Jesus as well. It's not difficult to picture Levi thinking to himself, huh, okay, I just came to start following this guy and it's really important and I want the others around me to know. How could I help them know? Let, let me think. Oh, I could invite them over to my house. I I could prepare some food for them. I could invite Jesus as well, and Jesus could meet my friends there. See, Levi simply used what was readily available to him to help other people meet Jesus. Levi then was simply an instrument. God is in the business of bringing lost people to himself, of saving the lost. Levi just said, God, you can use my house if you want to. I'll cook. I'll I'll invite my friends. And don't misunderstand. It wasn't the food that was important. It wasn't the banquet that was important. 
It was that people met Jesus. Levi simply used what was available to him to help other people meet Jesus. Now, we're going to talk more application in, in a little bit, but let me just give one quick point of application here. Let's use what we have available to us to help other people meet Jesus. And my third key element is Jesus' heart for sinners. Jesus' heart for sinners. When the Pharisees and teachers of the law heard what was going on with this banquet, they were upset. It says here they complained. That word really means that they grumbled. They were upset about something. You see, in their mind, this was just one more strike against Jesus because how could Jesus be a holy man and yet taint himself by hanging out with sinners? And the Pharisees actually got one part of this, right? Those people were sinners. And Jesus was hanging out with them. But the Pharisees were mad about that. You know what my response is to that? I'm glad that Jesus hung out with sinners. Because as I look at my life, I am glad that Jesus wasn't afraid to meet me when I was lost in my sin. Jesus isn't afraid of the lost people out there. He loves them. He wants his gospel message to go forth to them. See, this part of the gospel message is so good. God loves us even while we are sinners. Romans 5.8 is a verse that you may want to memorize. It says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, the message of Christianity isn't that we need to make ourselves acceptable before we come to Christ. I hope that none of your testimonies sound like that either, that, that finally you achieved some enlightenment status and realized what you needed? You see, the message of the gospel is that we were lost and that God loved us while we were lost in sin. And therefore, the message of Christianity also isn't that your neighbors or friends are so lost that they're beyond hope. The message is that God loves them, that God loves all of us. You see, the message of Christianity is that God loves sinners. And Jesus himself initiated these relationships with sinners. All throughout the Bible we see Jesus intentionally going and being with sinners. And yeah, it ruffled the feathers of some people. But do you know why Jesus did it? Because that's what he came to do. God wants to heal and forgive and to show grace. God wants to save people. The Pharisees were upset that Jesus would hang out with sinners. But I love Jesus' response to that. I want to reread verses 31 and 32. Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, the irony here is that Jesus would have been glad to show these Pharisees their need and, and how, how they could have received salvation if they would have recognized themselves as those in need of a doctor. Instead, they looked at the great physician and said, don't need a doctor. But to those who recognized their need, to those who recognized their sin, Jesus called them to repentance. And let's be clear here, the specific help that these people needed, the sick people who were in need of a doctor, the specific help they needed had to do with their sin. And Jesus came to them with a message of repentance, which is exactly what they needed. To repent is to recognize that you've done something wrong. To repent is to, to tell God that you're sorry for that and to ask Him for the strength to turn away from that sin 
and to walk rightly with him. You see, Jesus had the perfect way of interacting with sinners. The the Pharisees assumed that a holy person couldn't be around sin like that, that they needed to distance themselves from sinners. But Jesus had the perfect way of doing this. He showed great love for sinners while at the same time calling them to repentance. That's why he came. That's what he said there. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I love how it's put in Luke 19.10 where Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. That's what we see in this passage. We see Jesus seeking Levi. He called him in verse 27. We see Jesus seeking the lost and the other sinners. We see him calling them in verse 32 to repentance. And I believe that God is still in the business of drawing lost people to Jesus Christ. So if that's what Jesus modeled for us, And if that's what God is still doing, shouldn't we join with him? Shouldn't we be throwing a banquet like Levi so that people can meet Jesus? God will still save those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. So in our day and age, how will that happen? How will lost people come to know Jesus Christ? Well, Romans 10.14 puts it this way, How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And that's where we come in. And now as I move to the application section of this sermon, hopefully, first of all, you have received this message of salvation. You have received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You've heard that call from Jesus to follow him, and you have given your life, you have given your heart to him. I hope that you've done that. And I also hope that as you recognize that great call of God in your life, that you realize that that call is for others as well, for those around you. And that we start then to think about how God can use us in that process of sharing his gospel message to others. See, that's what Levi did. Very simple pattern here. He started to follow Jesus, and then he introduced those around him to Jesus. How did he do it? He took what was readily available to him. See, Levi's part was simply to invite people to meet Jesus. I love that. I love how simple this is, yet how wonderful the word picture is, that Levi invited people to meet Jesus, and then when they met Jesus, Jesus invited them to repent. And that's what we're to do. We're to invite people to meet Jesus so that that God can communicate his message to them. And sometimes now that means that, that we are to be the ones who use those words. And one other thing about this, we don't know how the people around us are going to respond. Um, We don't know when they're going to hear this call to follow Jesus. But our job is simply to invite. Our job is to simply point them to Jesus using the words that God leads us to use to tell them how they can repent and know Christ as well. But again, I love this pattern of Levi. He was excited about his relationship with Jesus. And in that excitement, he invited those around him. So what about you? Is there any excitement left in your walk with God? Is there any love and compassion left in you for those around you who don't yet know Jesus? I hope so on both of those. I hope so. I hope that there's a freshness in your walk with God, that you rejoice in meeting with Him. And I hope also that you look at those around you and say, I want them to know Jesus too. And if that's the case for you, or if even you'd like that to be the case for you, let's use what's available to us to introduce other people to Jesus. 
So what's available to us? Well, we have a unique opportunity this week to invite people to this event on Thursday night right here at the church at 7 p.m. We're going to show this message. Again, I've, I've seen it. It's really great. It's called The Cross. It tells people what they need to know about salvation. And I call this a unique opportunity, again, because it, in the history of our country, Billy Graham is a unique individual, well-respected by common people, well-respected even by presidents. I think he was a spiritual advisor to ten presidents. And you think about how many people have either been to a Billy Graham crusade or seen him on TV or people even in this town who, who put their faith in Christ from hearing a Billy Graham message. And, and this potentially being his last message, I, I think that this is a unique opportunity, that an, an invitation that we can give to people where they may be more likely than usual to say yes to it. That's one of the things that I want you to understand. That's one of the things when I heard about this outreach months and months ago, there was this thought in my mind like, huh, I, I bet there might be people out there that would really come to this if we were to invite them. See, why do you think that Levi's friends and co-workers came to this banquet that he gave? I think he had a couple things going for him. First of all, they were his friends. I'm like, sure, I'll go to my friend's house and have a meal with him. But then also, I think that people had started to hear about Jesus. You read the previous couple chapters here and you see what was happening. I think that God was starting to stir in the hearts of people. Now you look at our situation, what do we have going for us? Well, we all know people, right? And... I'm not necessarily asking you just to invite strangers. I'm asking you to invite the people that you know, the people who might say, sure, I'll come with you. And it's unique, again, because of who Billy Graham is. And it's unique, well, maybe this isn't all that unique, but in the fact that God is still at work in the hearts of people to draw lost people to himself. So let's invite people to hear this message. And specifically, here's how I want you to do it. I want you to come up with a list of at least three people. Maybe for some of you that's five, maybe some of you it's ten, but at least three people that you can think of to invite to this event. And before you invite them, before you hand one of those flyers, which I want to encourage you to pick up there on the table out there, and maybe, uh, maybe one of our ushers or somebody can pick up a stack of those and hand them out uh, in just a few minutes. Um, but before you invite people, I want you to pray. Prayer is the first step in evangelism. Or as I like to say, prayer is the first 17 steps in evangelism. It's a recognition that this is God's work and that we're simply here to join with Him. So we pray for these people and as we're praying, we watch. What are we watching for? What are we praying for? We're praying that God would open doors. And how do we know if a door is open? Well, sometimes we don't know if a door is open until we test it. And, and one of the ways that I want you to think about this is as you're praying for these people, Maybe the, after you've prayed, the first step that you take is to come to them with an invitation. And maybe you'll see right then and there if that door is open or not. One of your friends might very well say, huh, that sounds really neat. Now one of your coworkers might just as well say, no way. <laughs> okay, fine. Move on and look for the next open door. Now I realize that this is not the first time that I've asked you at Cornerstone to do this strategy of sharing the gospel with lost people. In fact, I don't know how many times I've asked you to come up with a list of people and then pray and then watch for the opportunity. But do you know why I keep doing this? Because I think it works. It was back in, I I believe it was 1999, my first year on staff, 
with Campus Crusade for Christ at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse, where I was introduced to a strategy like this, where we were to pray for people and then look for opportunities to share the gospel. And, and we saw it work there. I've seen it work many times in my life. And I don't always have a, a physical list of people that I'm praying through, but I, I do always, always have a mental list of people. And I am daily praying for the people on that list. Not that I'm necessarily praying for everybody on my list every day, but I am always praying for people. And hopefully what I'm doing, and I can't say always at this, but the goal is that we would always be looking for the opportunities that God gives and the open doors. Trying to make the most of every opportunity. So we're praying for people, we're asking God to do His work, and we're doing our part to use words like inviting people to this event or to use words if God so leads to share the gospel message. And I want you to be thinking about doing that as a pattern of life, but especially this week. Would you join with me in praying for people to come to know Jesus? Would you take the initiative to invite people to this event? My sermon today is entitled An Invitation. Our part is to invite people to hear about Jesus. God's part is to invite them to himself. So let's join with God by using this opportunity. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you again for how you sent people into our lives to tell us your good news. We're grateful for that, for your love for us. And now God, as grateful people who have been saved by Christ, I pray now that you would strengthen us to be people who go with this message. Lord, I pray that you would help us uh, put, put on our minds those people that you would want, to, want us to be praying for. And God, we pray that you would open those doors and that we would make the most of every opportunity. Help us to be faithful in that. Help us to use the right words. And Lord, we pray that even through this Billy Graham event, not just here at Cornerstone, but all over Fergus Falls and all over America and Canada where this, this event is happening, we pray that lost people would come to know you and would receive salvation. So God, help us to do our part to use what we have available to us to share your gospel message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.